We are one week away from my favorite event in golf, the Ryder Cup. But before that, we have the Fortinet Championship this week in Napa Valley out in wine country in California. Zach Fitzgerald and Johnny Strauser join to break that down. We go through the odds. We talk about Rom being a huge favorite, and we love the bottom of the board in this one. We also go over the Ryder Cup captain's picks from each side. Did each side get it right? We go through that, and... Zach and I debate Matt Kuchar. Coming up. Welcome to Your Best Bets. Uh, We are here to discuss the Ryder Cup captain's picks from the last week. Uh, also going to talk a little bit about the Fortnite Championship, also known as the Fort- Fortinet Championship, but I will be calling it the Fortnite Championship during this podcast. Uh, back uh, for his second stint on the pod is Zach Fitzgerald. Zach, what up? Hi, guys. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Johnny is back yet again. Johnny, uh, how are those Lions yesterday? I, I, don't, I don't remember. I think they were pretty good. No, they they're, they're bad, and that's fine. I, I as a Lions fan, you know, you just you just kind of come to expect it. So you know, if you listen to have no expectations and 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 whatnot, you know, you're you're fine. But yeah, it's good to talk to you here. You know, I haven't talked to you since last uh, last PGA Tour season, so you know, it's just one of those things that will uh, we could finally get this new season. I've been waiting forever for this new season to come along and everything. So been a tough off season, but we'll we'll talk about some golf here. Yeah, I mean, this twelve-day off season is just—it's too much to uh, too much to handle, um, guys. We we did have some big news the last uh, week. We have um, we have full Ryder Cup teams on both sides here, and I want to just review the picks and and I want to see from both of you if you think both the captains got these picks right. Start with the U.S. Obviously, um, you know we knew about the the, the six qualifiers, um, you know. Morikawa, JT, uh, Dustin, um, Cantley, Bryson, and, and Brooks Kepka were the six. And the captain's picks were, I think, unsurprisingly, at least, uh, you know, we had Jordan Spieth, uh, Xander, Harris English, Daniel Berger, um, gosh, I've already forget, Scotty Scheffler, and who did I miss there? Um, Berger? Finau. Uh, yeah, Finau. So that's the six. Um, I think for a long last couple of weeks, we had thought everyone but Scheffler was pretty much in. It felt like um, I know Johnny and I were pushing for Scheffler. Uh, Zach, I, we, I, I didn't necessarily get your take on it, but I was really happy with the picks personally. I thought Stricker got it right. I thought he put course fit and consistency and form ahead of uh, experience, which I think we've seen for the U.S. side the last 10 years, 15 years is a bit overrated, especially when that experience is usually uh, negative. Um, I think Scheffler is also, he has, you know, the upside to be on these teams for the next 10 years, 12 years. Um, Zach, what did you think? Do you think Stricker got these picks right? Uh, I, I like all the picks. Uh, the only one that, you know, Harris English is the only guy that that I didn't necessarily suspect a while ago. But as we talked about on the last podcast, he was only behind Rahm and strokes gained over like the last 20 tournaments. So he certainly deserves his spot. I, I struggle not to see Reed on the team, but I, I understand with his medical issues and I don't see a spot. I, I don't see anybody that you take off to put him on. Uh I like seeing Reed on the team, though. I like I like how fiery he is, but I like seeing Scheffler on. I like seeing Berger. I think everybody are in their spot. Um, I want to get back to Reed in a second, Johnny. Do you think Stricker got the picks right? Yeah, I, I was uh, I was a little nervous that he was going to go uh, with you know with the veterans like uh, like Webb Simpson and and Pat Reed, but I think he absolutely did what he had to do. Um, you know, he picked a lot of rookies. I think more of the four of the six were Ryder Cup rookies. But what's an underrated part of uh, 
of, of that statement there is, is these guys are, are rookies because technically they haven't played uh, in the Ryder Cup, but they're no, no stranger to top-level golf, whether it's President's Cup, um, the Olympics, uh, you know, major championships. These guys are battle-tested, and they've, you know, they've grown up and they were young people in the Tiger Woods dominance era. So we got to see, you know, uh, they get to see the losses that the the U.S. Ryder Cup teams have endured over the, you know, several years, it seems like. And, you know, they're, they're just as hungry to bring that Ryder Cup home and keep it on American soil um, just as much as the veterans who played in it. So he, he had to stay away from the guys who didn't fit the golf course, who may have been questionable in the, you know, in the clubhouse and, you know, he just needed to, I think this young, you know, this young, fresh type of player here that isn't scarred by the, the dominance of, of these European players over the past several years. I think this was perfect. So I was real happy with it. Um, I was a little surprised that they were going to be this good of picks. So, um, so hopefully this turns out, you know, real well for the, uh, you know, the Ryder Cup next week. I think I saw statistically it's the youngest Ryder Cup team in U.S. history, and it's also the most highly ranked uh, team according to the World Golf Rankings. Um, Zach, I want to get back to Pat Reed. Um, I, I see you're you're you were ho- hopeful he was going to be on the team. Yeah, I I think Reed thrives in that environment. I know that a lot of people don't like him, and I understand it, but. I think he thrives in that environment. Do you remember when he set the the 2018 Ryder Cup team on fire after the event? Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. Okay, I'm just making sure. I do remember that, but but still, his record speaks for itself. I, I mean, I think he called it. Well, he called out Tiger when he shot like 84, when he pulled like a Phil Miller 84, and you know had a Tiger apologize to him, and called out Furyk, and then he called out Spieth. Um, I'm just going down the line here, but Stricker was the one that ended up apologizing at the press conference uh, the other day. That you know he had to apologize to Pat Reed. I'm like, dude, you're the captain. You don't have to apologize to Pat Reed or his, you know, his wife Justine on. Twitter, oh, you don't have to apologize to any of these people. And then Reed, you know, potentially still in the running as a 13th guy replacement player, um, you know, likes all these negative tweets, you know, against Stricker. And I, I really think probably ruins his chances of being a replacement. Uh, Johnny, you see those tweets or that you see the tweets that he liked? Yeah, it, it's just everything he could have done wrong here in the last three years. He's to, to earn his his way back on this team, he's done it. I mean, I get he's had the good record. That there, he, he was like that for a couple Ryder Cups. He was an absolute embarrassment in Paris, um, both on and off the golf course. He's done virtually nothing all year after, uh, um, after he won at Torrey Pines there. And, I mean, all he does is, is he brings that good match play when he's playing well, but I mean, with the, with the shit show that he, he could potentially bring along there and then seeing after uh, or before he played the tour championship, when he's talking about how he almost died in the, in the hospital and he's taken a fucking bus to the tour championship because he can't fly theoretically. I mean, you can't have a guy who's, who's possibly going to be unhealthy like that. You've already got Kepka who's going to have issues like that, but Pat Reed has proven that, um, you know, he's, he's, when he's on, he is as dominant of a match play player as, as you can imagine. But as, as far as that, when he's off, he's, he's, he, he's, he's useless. He's completely useless to your team because he's not going to help in any way. He's going to blame everybody else for why he, you know, why the team failed when, when he's the, he was the main cog and why I think they failed in Paris because, because of how he acted and everything. And now he's, he's liking tweets that are scathing uh, Steve Stricker's, uh, you know, your picks. I mean, so now he didn't get his way. So now he's him or his wife or whomever is, is gonna, you know, is, is gonna do that kind of thing. You, you can't expect that that's just, you know, nobody's gonna you know, not pay attention to that. So, you know, if, if he was playing better, I could see one thing, but he's, he's just not. And, 
And it, it sucks because he's such a good match play player, but you can't have a guy who, who's struggling like that and who's going to sulk when he's not playing well and, and blame everybody. So I think that definitely hurt his chances if Kepka can't end up playing and, and uh, you know, as it should. And if, if you want to be a part of this team, I mean, there's a certain, certain way you got to conduct yourself. And, and he's proven he's the textbook um reason he showed textbook reasons on why he doesn't deserve to be picked i think burns is more deserving anyways if kepka's out for this year from play i, I think we all agree on that I, I know johnny and i've talked about burns for quite a while um i think he's a great fit for the golf course too if whatever reason Brooks can't go, oh, and he'll be a great team chemistry guy because he'll play with anyone. He's not going to complain if he plays one team match and then singles, which I could be a path if he's on this team. And real quick about Reed, though, I, I think now in the future he's he's carved out this this situation where he's going to have to automatically qualify for these teams and points. And I don't think he can ever rely on the captain's pick again. And we didn't even talk about the 2019 President's Cup when, you know, remember when his caddy uh, got into a fight with the fans? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's all these situations have built up on each other. Uh, and, and now I, he just can't rely on the captains to ever, ever trust him for it with a pick now. Team Europe made their picks yesterday, uh, which, by the way, after Billy Horschel got his, uh, I mean, saved, salvaged the season, guys, with the the, the European BMW. Uh, it, it basically, the, the the Euro players, um, you know. So Billy Ho, congrats, man. Um, you know, I'm sure. You know, the thing is, is I I never minded him, and then he got on the soapbox. I think it was the 2015. U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, and he went on Fox, and he he acted like he was this superstar player that everyone gave a shit about. Like, oh man, what's Billy Horschel got to say about this? Let's check in with Billy. That's how he thinks. He thinks he matters that much. He's not. He's not like a Jordan Spieth level where if Billy's got a quote, we got to check in with him. And that's that's my problem with him mainly. Although I got to say, actually, if he was a if he was a Ryder Cup replacement, I'd be fine with that because I think he's yeah. deserving and I think he'd oh, yeah. be a great Ryder Cup player. Uh, I, I agree. He's fiery as well. Yeah. I think. I think he wants to win. With that said. Um, so Patty Harrington makes his picks, uh, after the events, uh, which I think is really odd timing for, you know, points to still, you know, go through the final event. Um, so, uh, Bernd Weisberger was the last final was last qualifier on points, which by the way, Europe's odds got a lot worse after Weisberger, uh, automatically qualified. I think it went from <laughs> us went from a minus minus one ninety favorite to minus two ten once he qualified. So, uh, Bernd. Burton Cheeseburger did not help the odds there. Uh, so he joins Westwood, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Rom, Rory, Fleetwood, Hovland, and Casey as the auto qualifiers. And the picks were Sergio, Coulter, and Shane Lowry. Uh, I don't think it's any real big surprise. It sounds like Lowry's pretty tight with uh, Patty. And I think based off of the long Ryder Cup history of Sergio and Coulter, those guys had to be on this team. Um Zach, did, uh, did did Harrington get it right? Yeah, he obviously left off a guy like Justin Rose. Yeah, I think he did. Um, with Garcia and Poulter's previous records, uh, uh, you cannot leave them off. I think he had made some comment that either Garcia would have to be dead or missing an arm or unable to walk to not be picked for this team uh, until he retires, which makes sense. I mean, his record is incredible. Somehow he learns how to putt during the Ryder Cup. Um, I, I was surprised to see Justin Rose not on there, but again, as I look at the team there, I wouldn't take him over Lowry right now. Um, to see like to, it's weird not to see like McDowell on there. Who's been a mainstay for a while or even Stenson, uh, but their play probably didn't, uh, dictate that they should be on the team this year. So I think it's a good team. I like the USA's chances this year. I think they have chemistry and I think they have more talent. It's just a matter of can they put it all together at the right time. Johnny, we'll get into this more next week on the uh, the Ryder Cup show, but I, I think Europe's in a really interesting position where there's a lot of these guys are they're they're in their forties, Garcia, Poulter. 
I thought Westwood was done in the 2016 Ryder Cup when he, I mean, he was missing three footers at Hazeltine and, and he's on this team. Um, you know, it feels like the U.S. is loaded with all this young talent in their early to mid-20s, leaving off guys like Burns and Zalatoris, and they're just in waiting. I don't see Europe with a lot of that kind of situation. I mean, who are we talking about, Bob McIntyre? Well, I mean, if for them, it's an away game. It's going to be in the United States, and you know how – I mean, it's going to be a hostile – hostile type environment there. And I think he did the right thing by, by, by picking these veteran players and, and these veteran players, they're going to figure out a way to play some golf um, next week, whether we as American and American fans want to believe it or not. I mean, they're, they're just gonna, you know, Ian Poulter is going to figure out a way to win three, three and a half points, you know, Sergio Garcia who can't, can't putt a lick is going to make every three footer that he needs to make every six footer that he needs to make. And you got a guy like Shane Lowry, which I think is a great pick because he's just one of those grinded out guys um, that is going to just be infuriating to play because, you know, he's going to keep it. He's going to keep it on the golf course there. And um, you know, he's going to, he's going to make a bunch of parties. He's going to make birdies and, and having those veterans helps if you get guys that aren't, I think emotionally and mentally scarred, like a lot of the veteran um, American PGA Tour players are for, for the last, you know, 15 to 20 years there. So it, it's an interesting dynamic how, how the U.S. went young, Europe went veteran. Um, I think that's, that is Harrington's best options, though, at being successful because, like I said, this is going to be this is going to be loud. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners that watch college football over the weekend watch the NFL on Sunday – you know, when we finally had full stadiums and, and it was, it was a little jarring and jarring in a good way because of the, the emotion and, and the, the noise and, and everything like that. And, you know, the American fans want this Ryder cup victory I and mean, we want it seemingly just as much as, you know, the players w- would want to win it. So, you know, I think a lot of them are going to be like that accordingly. And I think having those veteran guys in there is going to make that team all, all you know, much stronger there, but you know, there is that potential that a guy like Lee Westwood, you know, something gets in his head there and, and he's had a propensity to miss, uh, miss crucial putts a lot, but I don't know. I mean, would you, if you were, if you were him, would you prefer a veteran team going to the United States? I mean, it's, I know it's different when you have that home game and you got the favorable crowd, but I mean, wouldn't you have kind of hoped it went with, uh, with more of the, the season players? I don't really think he has the option. I don't know which young players you would replace any of these with. Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Fleetwood, Hovland, Rom. I mean, they are their young players. I, I think I don't. I don't know who else you would put on there. I think it's a good mix of young and and old. Um, but yeah, I think that I would certainly prefer for them coming over to the states. I would prefer a veteran team. Because, like you said, it is going to be loud. Uh-huh. It's been what a year and a half, two years since people have really been able to yep. show their emotions on the golf course. It, it's going to be kind of like '99, pretty crazy. I like the Brookline reference there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, those um, all-time shirts in '99. Man, those were yeah. the best. Those were the best. Shirts. Those were something. <laughs> those were the best. Yeah. Um, to follow up on Zach's point, yeah, didn't I don't think there was any choice. There's just not the depth of talent uh, that Europe has uh, compared to the U.S. I mean, Tyus Schwab, would you put him on? Uh, Marcus Kinhole. I mean, these guys finished in the top 15 points uh, on the on on the Europe list. Thomas Dietrich, I I like his game, but he's sort of like the Europe Tony Finau before Finau won a couple weeks ago. He never wins. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a choice, and that, that goes to my point I was trying to make. After this Ryder Cup, I don't, I don't know where Europe goes. They're kind of stuck between generations um, of you know the Westwood, Mistensen, Poulter, Sergio situation, you know, versus the U.S. where they have all this young talent, and, and they're leaving a lot of young guys off that are clearly capable of being on this team. So it's going to be interesting in 2023 when uh, you know Europe has, you know, we'll see if they have any upper comers. I just don't see it. 
And uh, I'm not saying this is going to be a change in the guard at all because we know how that goes. But it's just on paper, it's starting to look even more mismatched, especially if, if Rom, Rory, and, and Hovland don't play out of their mind uh, next week. But guys, let's uh, let's transition to the Fortinet Championship this week uh, <clears throat> out of Napa Valley, wine country. <clears throat> Sounds like a wonderful place to be if you're ever going to take Sounds a trip. Sounds very nice. Yeah, it does. It's delightful. Um, Silverado Resort and Spa, uh, 7,100 yards, well, just over 7,100 yards, par 72. Uh, Robert Trent Jones design. Johnny Miller got his hands on it a few years ago and kind of added some additions to it. Uh, Poa Greens. Usually the scoring is high teens. I think last year it reached 20 under when uh, Stu Sink won. Um, typically, from what I've seen, it's it's pretty straightforward course that favors some of the longer hitters. If you look at the last few years, we've seen Sink, who's above average, uh, Kevin Tway, Brendan Steele. This is the this is like the Brendan Steele Open, is what I said earlier today, uh, which is always kind of funny because who the fuck is Brendan? <laughs> who the fuck is Brendan Steele? So, to most people, um, uh, but to me, this course, you know. Looking at the stats a little bit closer, driving distance is, is a factor. But um, I was looking at guys that have a lot of uh, that are really good between 75 and 125. It, it really sets up for a lot of those type of shots. Um, so those are the metrics I'm looking at. Um, the field is decent for, I guess, the week before the Ryder Cup. There's only one Ryder Cup player in it this week. It's John Rahm. Uh, are you guys surprised Rom's playing this week? I, I'm I'm very surprised, um, especially with nobody else playing there. That uh, that that he would, uh, you know, you, you'd think he'd be work just working on his game. You know, they'd get to get the whistling straights, uh, you know, early to to practice and everything like that. So that little bit, a little bit shocked, but uh, I'm not sure is he if he's a guy who plays. Uh, the week before a major or not, I don't think he normally is. So, a little, little surprising, but you know, I, I guess, I guess as, as how if, if he wants some wants to kind of be battle tested to see if the uh, if the golf swing is still on plane and everything like that, then you know, he he knows he knows better than we would. Zach, will start. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I guess I would look at it kind of like. Uh, a team that's undefeated going into the 17th game of the football season. If you're on a heater, you kind of want to keep the momentum going. Maybe that's how he feels. Uh, I mean, he's young enough. I don't think, you know, unless he gets some freak injury, I don't really think it's going to hurt him. And, you know, he, he has high energy. Uh, he probably just doesn't want to fall into this, like, lull that, you know, could follow him into the Ryder Cup. Well, Zach, I'll, I'll come back to you. He's obviously the huge favorite, as we referenced earlier, at plus 350 to win this golf tournament. Uh, it's an amazingly low number in any world. Do you touch that this week? Uh, no, I do not. Um, I don't. No, absolutely not. Just like we talked about last time when he was at plus 550, it's – there's just no money to be made. If he wins the tournament, I'll say congratulations. And I hope that I went on my top five or top 10 picks. I'm, I'm with you, Johnny. Are you on that, 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 uh, that same wavelength? Yeah. I, it's just too short for a PGA tour event. And, and you really don't know, is he, is he legitimately going to grind out this, this win? I mean, yeah, if he's in contention on Sunday, I, I'm sure he will, but is he going to exert a lot of energy? Is this mostly just going to be used that he's maybe, um, you know, working on a short game or, or, you know, trying to get a little bit more confidence with the putter or something like that. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money you'd have to put up to, to win that. And I think there's there is some uncertainty on whether, you know, whether he's out there to, to play to win, or if he's just like Zach said, if he's just trying to keep the golf swing in tune, um, and he's working on stuff. So I don't know if I've ever seen that low of a number before on a PGA event. I know, I know he's sometimes been plus 500 plus 550, which makes me gasp every time I see it, but to, even something under that, I think, 
I, I think the chances of him winning versus us being able to find value in this tournament, um, you know, far outweighs that. Do you guys know how many tournaments he won in, in, the, in the last season? I think it was one. Yeah, that's that's it. Just one. I mean, it was the U.S. Open. But man, it felt like felt like he won three or four times. I mean, obviously he was going to win the Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, technically he had the low seventy-two tie for the low seventy-two at the Tour Championship. Um, it just felt like he had this ridiculous year. I mean, to only come away with one win, he had to feel pretty snake bitten by everything that happened to him, and of course, you know, missing the Olympics as well. Um, you know, missing out on that chance to win that coveted gold medal. Um, that had to be <laughs> such a big blow. Um, let's go down the odds a little bit. Uh, Webb Simpson is, is behind him. The next, the next favorite in the odds at plus 1400. Uh, my guy, Kevin Na at plus 1600. Uh, Hideki Zalatoris at plus 22. Uh, Tringali at 3000 and Charlie Hoffman at 3500. Um, there's definitely some uh, guys that come in on, on some pretty good form. A guy like Kevin Na, uh, you know, who, who just missed out on the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, Tringali played pretty well throughout the season, pretty well in the playoffs. Um, anybody you guys grabbing from this range to potentially win this tournament? Uh, I, uh, I like Webb Simpson at plus 14. Definitely profiles really well for this course. Um, when I saw the 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 stat of who's good with you know wedges, basically, I always think of Webb right away. Um, you know, and driving distance is, is a key, but it's not a huge thing around here. Um, so I don't mind Webb at fourteen hundred as well. Johnny, what do you think? I, I don't mind Webb. I do agree there that, uh, um, that that you know that he that he could play pretty well. Also, is this like a F you Stricker for not picking me in that. Maybe, maybe you could get, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be that. Um, does, does Webb Simpson a win, have, is a win. I don't, I don't think Webb Simpson has that like bone in his body. You know what I mean? No, like, it would be more like, here's a fruit basket. Thank you for considering me and calling me and telling me I didn't make the team, make the team. I'm going to win this event. Maybe something. Like so, that. I heard that I someone, someone made the perfect comparison. They compared Webb Simpson to Kurt, cousins and i thought that was just that was like it's a perfect comparison to personality you know it's just yeah oh, just, oh personality yeah yeah was just um, man, anyways guys huh just like mayonnaise bland type guys exactly Not a lot of personality <laughs> exactly that's, yes that's a, that's yes. a good one there so Anyways, I got, I got, I'm sorry. I got us off track here. Kevin, Kevin, not, not to win. I don't like the, the 1600, but he's playing so well, uh, tied for the, uh, uh, tied for first basically in the tour championship with Rom, um, plus 280, a top five. That's, that, you know, that's pretty good there. And, um, it was not the, he hits it straight. Doesn't hit it overly long, pretty good ball, ball striker, uh, otherwise, but real good putter putting well. Um, I might end up riding that. Um, another guy I kind of like is Hideki. Um, he finished third here back a bunch of years ago. Hasn't played here very often, but he's, you know, when he's on, he's a really good driver of the golf ball. And, you know, like you said, you want to be long here, but your total driving, uh, putting it in the fairway and hitting it long is, is definitely a huge key here, like a typical Robert Trent Jones golf course. Uh, is, is where, you know, it's pretty demanding off the tee. So he's kind of my other guy. I'm, I'm, I'm eyeballing there. I might throw a little bit on a win bet. I was looking through the stats today, and I, I, I don't want to pick this guy, but I'll probably bet him. It's Charlie Hoffman. I, you know, he's first in strokes gained approach the last 50 rounds. He's fourth tee to green. He's top 20 in putting the last 50 rounds. Everything profiles to, you know, his, his results have been, you know, decent. Um, and, and Hoffman, and you guys, I want to get your take on Hoffman. Uh, you know, Johnny, I've played basketball with you. You know, we've played recreational basketball. It, you know, for anyone that goes to, like, Y and, and they show up and they see, like, the 48-year-old dude who looks out of shape, but he, he fucking makes everything. He's really good at baseline jumpers. Um, to me <laughs> – 
he just doesn't look like he should be playing basketball. And then he goes out and he balls everyone. To me, Charlie Hoffman has that look of like, this guy should not, he shouldn't be on the PGA tour. And then he gets out there and he's, he's really good. Um, so that's, that's, that's another comparison. I'm just throwing these out here tonight, but uh, so I like Hoffman uh, to potentially contend for this. I just think he profiles really well for this course. Um yeah, and that's my weird uh, Y ball comparison to Charlie. I, I think that's I, I think that is a pretty good comparison because I'm picturing that right now, and that's that's kind of Charlie Hoffman because well, Charlie Hoffman can play when he had that hair and he was always, he was, had the waste management shit going on, and yeah. it was just he just had that look of like this guy doesn't look like he should be. Yeah, and he goes out and makes you know right. eight or nine birdies and shoots sixty four. I mean that's he, he's a good good player. The middle group. Um, from 4,000 to 6,000, Harold Varner, uh, Sebastian Munoz, uh, Leishman, Cam Champ, who won here a couple of years ago, uh, Johnny's favorite player uh, in the world right now, Mita Pereira, uh, Siwoo Kim, Emiliano Grillo, Mav McNeely, Pat Perez. Guys, I got a couple guys that I really like in this range, and I think um, – you know, I don't necessarily know if the winner comes from here, but I think a lot of these, a couple of these guys have played well at this golf course before and profile really well. Zach, give me a couple you like. I like Cam Champ at plus 4,500 uh, to win. Uh, I like him a lot at plus 400 uh, for top 10. Um, I like Siwoo Kim, top 10 at plus 400. Uh, he's been playing well. Um, and I, I mean, I'm always going to say I like Mark Leishman. He never comes through, so I should never say that again. But Mark Leishman for a top 10 at plus 400, I think those are all fairly good. I don't, I don't know much about Mito Pereira, so maybe I'll learn something here. Enlighten us, Johnny. <laughs> Mito is, is from, uh, from Chile. Or is it Chile? Chile. So he played Corn Ferry, was, was real good. Didn't he win? Three he times. Won twice. He won three times, all three yeah. times. Yeah, so he did get the he got the battlefield promotion to the PGA Tour. Um, been playing pretty good. Finished top. He finished. The, he got in the playoff at the Olympics. That's right. Um, That's right. I mean, good field, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so I mean, he, you know, good solid player. He's had a real good season. So, I mean, he he's a guy that that interests me. I don't know. I don't know if I like him on a win bet yet. But I think he's a guy who uh, could break out and win this year. Um, but you're looking at plus 400 in the top 10, so that, 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 you know that's a solid number there. Um, Cam Champ, um, you, this golf course, I think you want to look at guys who've won before um, and definitely consider them. And and the driving really, uh, you know, really favors him on this golf course here. Sebastian Munoz is the other guy. Um, I'm not sure if he's that much course history, but he's just. He's been a really good player the second half of this year. Um, I think he's had a lot of top 10 or top 10 or top 20 finishes, and he's contended in some events. So he's a guy in my ball in there, plus 4,500 to get his to get a win there. And I don't know, did we go down to the plus 6,000s? Yeah, that's where we ended. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mav McNeely, um, you know, I, I think he finally kind of had some good finishes last year. And um, you know, he's a California kid. This event's out in California. Um, 60 to 1 at a win. I, I think he's a guy who could win on tour. And this might be an event where, you know, you're not very top heavy, that it might be actually a pretty fair number there, at least to get him in a top 10, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, top 20 or top 30. And if you're feeling good about it, you know, uh, I think he's got a decent chance at uh, cashing out on a win bet. Uh, that's that's one of the guys I circled today was Mav. Uh, seven straight cuts he's made, finished in the top thirty in six of those events. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he he's starting to to find his his groove a little bit. I think maybe a little bit underwhelming of a career post Stanford, but I think he's he's finding something. Um, you know, my favorite ball striker, <laughs> especially a guy that's won here. Um, Emiliano Grillo at plus 5,000. Uh, I, I think he's uh, always a hot putting week away or just a decent putting week away from winning. Um, I'll probably take a shot on him this week. Uh, like I said, past winner, top five iron player in this field. Um, so I like 
Rio and McNeely in that range uh, as well. Um, 6,500 and above, we'll go to about the plus 10,000. I'll name some names that are in here. Uh, Max Homa, who I initially was looking at, but he, he just has not played well in quite a while. Uh, unfortunately, he's at plus 6,500. Um, we mentioned uh, – we didn't mention it before, but Mickelson's at plus 8,000. He's in the field. He usually plays pretty reasonably here. Uh, Doug Gim at plus 8,000. Chez is in there. Uh, Patton Kazire, Adam Hadwin, uh, all the way to plus 10,000. We got some Ryan Moore, Brendan Seal. Um, any, anybody interested in any of those guys or anyone I missed? Yeah, uh, I like uh, um, Aaron Rye. Uh, at 80 to one, he is the, uh, he's from England, uh, just got a tour card, um, finished pretty good at the BMW, um, this last week here, he's a guy who plays with two gloves, iron covers. I mean, this guy is pretty cool dude here, but a good player too. I mean, he's, he's, he's got some game and, um, I'm expecting him to have a pretty successful PGA Tour season. Not sure if he's gonna gonna win here yet in the states, but you know I could see him finishing pretty high. And you could look at him at you know he'll probably make, hopefully make the cut. And you could look at him at a top thirty or top forty and get a get a good plus number on that. Um, like you said, Mickelson's usually got some history here. I'm not gonna touch Mickelson just because he's been. He's been dreadful all, all season except for uh, except for the PGA. Um, the other guys I liked in this group here, I had them written down, is – I think you got to bet Brendan Steele. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. his, it's his tournament. you got to get him in some capacity. 100 to 1, I mean, you know, throw a, throw a couple bucks on him. Maybe, you know, I, I've talked about all the last season about if guys like a golf course, if they feel good on it, they're generally going to play well there, um, you know, so that, something like that. And finally, and, and you're going to really appreciate this one, um, is Brian Stewart also at 100 to 1. Um, not because I've played with him, which I'll keep saying as long as I keep picking him there, but he's pretty good tee to green there. And, um, you know, I, I think he, he finished – he played pretty good towards the back half of the season to – to retain his card and I'm not saying he's going to finish top 10, but I, I think he'll make the cut. And at that point, you know, again, look, look at that top 30, top 40, you know, maybe a little bit higher than that, but he could kind of grind out something and uh, um, you know, you can find a good number on him. He actually, I actually looked, just looked up his results. He, he actually did have a nice stretch from the John Deere to the window. He finished top 20 in, in four straight events. So, all right, Ryan Stewart, I, res I respect you just a little bit more. Uh, Zach. Appreciate that. Uh, in this range, I do like Max Homa. I know he has been playing well, but he goes through stretches where he doesn't play well, and then all of a sudden he just he the lights flips on and – and there he is, uh, and at plus 6,500, I mean, you can put five bucks down on him, and if he hits, hooray, mm -hmm. and if he doesn't, who cares? Um, I like Brendan mm -hmm. Todd. He always hits the driver straight. I, I will always pick a guy that's going to hit most of the fairways. If he, hits, if he makes putts, she he does. could win. Most of these are top 10, top 20s, in all honesty. I, I would never put big money down on any of these people to win. Um, Brent Snedeker, I think, is another one that for a top 10 or a top 20 could be good. Ches Reavy. Ches Reavy has a tendency uh, to play well. I Like Johnny, I won't touch Phil. I like Charles Howell at this range. Um, Harry Higgs is in that range. And Ryan Moore, who we haven't heard from in a really, really long time, but you know, at plus 10,000, you can put a couple bucks down, and if he hits, and then top 10 at plus 900, I don't think those are terrible odds. Let me uh, throw one more name out there that's in that range there, Phil. Just just one more here. Um, Steven Yeager, uh, Corn Ferry graduate there. He uh, he played really good in the playoffs there. I think he was top five in um, in most, of, if not all three of the events there. So. Um, Real good putter. Uh, you know, he's been around, you know, maybe this is the time that he succeeds and plays on the, on the tour here, but 
you've got guys that just graduated from the, the corn Ferry playoffs there. So they're hopefully they're taking their, their good play, taking the momentum to the PGA tour and trying to get off on a good start because these guys who are, are, are between the PGA tour and the corn Ferry tour, you've got to get that good start because you, because what that'll do is that'll put you in a better position come January at the Sony open to be able to get these, these starts there because if you're lower on the pecking order, basically of the, the PGA tour rankings slash FedEx cup points, you will not get a start in favor of a veteran there. So this, uh, this season is really important to these guys. And, and uh, you know, the guys who played well this, uh, this fall here, I I'm expecting them to bring that on the PGA tour and, and we could see some surprises as he going to win. Probably not, but again, find a number that you find a place that you feel comfortable with at a number you like and, 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 you know, and fire on them. There's always a guy, it seems like the last few years with the new wraparound season, there's always a guy that gets hot in the fall. It seems like, and he'll be in the tour championship. He'll win once finished runner up. We saw it with Pat and Kazire a few years ago. He, mm-hmm. he, he had a couple, he had a really big uh, fall at Brendan Todd a couple of years ago, really big fall. So there's going to be someone that wins this tournament and, you know, maybe finishes top five in the next tournament. It just seems like it, it just has been happening the last few years. So something to look out for, uh, for the next few tournaments uh, guys, just to kind of piggyback on, on a couple of your picks, uh, Brendan Steele's is just an auto pick for me based off of his wins here. Um, uh, a guy that I, th- I just mentioned that I think has the potential to pop is Patton Kazire. Um, he can kind of get wayward with the driver, but when he's on with irons and putter, he gets insanely high and um, he makes a ton of putts. And um, since we're on the corn ferry uh, bandwagon, Grayson Sig is my guy at plus 8,000. He won twice on the, the corn ferry tour, finished second at the tour championship. So he is in really good form playing well. Um, also one of these guys that looks like he would not be that good at golf, but very good at golf. Um, so there's a couple of my plays in that range. Um, plus 10,000 and above. Uh, we will not go through, but I will definitely get a couple of your plays. I want to start with Zach, who has someone he really likes at plus fifteen thousand. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to Matt Kuchar since the last time I saw him play golf, but I assume he still has all four limbs and a head. So at plus fifteen thousand seems ridiculous to me. I mean, I would put a dollar on that and. I mean, top five at plus 3,000, top 10 plus 1,300, top 20 plus 550. I I mean, I know he hasn't been playing good, but he lives in the top 10. I mean, that's his house. He's just been on vacation this year. It's, it's, he'll come back. I, that's crazy number to me. I I I think, I I think karma came around on Matt Kuchar. I think it really did. I don't think he died in Mexico. (laughs) I really don't think that happened. I think he will come back. He, he actually has not been living in the top 10. He's been living in the miscut um, uh, housing edition. He's miscut in five of the last seven tournaments. His last top 10, Zach, is um, – I, I can't believe how far I'm going down the list. It, it, it's when he finished second at the Genesis in 2020, February 2020. So it's been a long time since he's been in the, even in the top 10 and especially in the mix for a win. So before we went live, I told Zach that I had, did I say five guys I like better at plus 15,000 or three? I can't remember. You had had four or five. Okay. So I, I, I already mentioned before we went live that I like Hayden Buckley. I would take him ahead of Matt Kuchar. I will, I'll always, always take Luke List in front of Matt Kuchar. He's such a superior ball striker. Um, give me Doc Redman. Vince Whaley was was kind of a low-key, awesome player on the PGA Tour. Um, he Monday qualified a lot. Um, so I think that's four. But uh, I, I will take any of those guys um, in front of Kuchar. And then if you want to even go down to plus 25,000, um, you know, I would I would take someone like James Hahn also from a coacher. So um, that's that's I, I'm sorry. I'm just going with what my eyes my eyes tell me. And Matt Coochers is not good anymore. He's so done. He's done. Oh, he's not done. No, he's he's gonna not. Be, he's going to be a hell of an assistant captain, though, for the next like five 
Ryder Cup and President's Cup teams. Oh, that Johnny, hurt. Johnny, plus 10,000 above. There's a couple names I like here, and I could easily see, and, and I think you you probably agree that I could easily see a winner coming from this plus 10,000 or, or more. I mean, it's not top heavy and, you know, there's, there's some, there's some decent players here, but uh, names that jumped out at me, um, Kyrdek Api Bonarat um, played well, should have won that tournament, uh, uh, should have won the BMW there, but uh, was 16 or 17 in the par five. He thought he dumped two out of bounds there and only it ended up being one and a mega bogey and uh, finishing one short of a playoff there. Um, so his game's pretty good there. Um, one guy I really like, and I, I I couldn't believe it when I saw his age um, because I thought he was a lot younger. Is Joseph Bramlett? Um, I like thought 20, he was twenty-five, like mid- thirty-two, thirty-two, and that's not old. And that's actually kind of coming around to when, like, you know, your your kind of peak peak golfer there. It's like. When Matt Kuchar was peak golf, you know, he was probably 32. So, <laughs> no, I'm so at plus, at, I don't know if he, he, I think he, he could win an, an event. Did he lose to Sepp Straka in that uh, playoff um, earlier this season? It was, it was one of the opposite field events, I think. Um, maybe Straka? not. Didn't Sepp Straka win? I don't think Sepp Straka won. Okay, we're going to have to check this out. But uh, <laughs> Joseph Bramlett hits it a mile. Um, not Cam Champ long, but pretty close. And um, always struggle with the putter, but you know, you just like we've always said, you have you have one good week there. So Bramlett at uh, um, plus thirteen thousand. Um, Peter Uline um, got his card back. He uh, was kind of in between the PGA Tour and the uh, the Corn Ferry Tour for a bunch of years. Last year, he quit playing in all the PGA Tour events, focused solely on getting his card. Um, and played some really good golf down the stretch, ended up earning his card, I think, through the, the top 25 on the money list. Didn't even have to get it through the playoffs there. And I'm expecting him to have some, some decent finishes, but at plus 15,000 uh, to win, uh, and even, you know, plus 13 or 150,000, right? No, 15,000. I'm sorry. Plus 1,300 out of top 10. And. See if there was anybody else. After that, I'm I'm gonna shy away from really any any other names there. Um, but I think there's gonna be someone coming from ten thousand or better that's gonna uh, that's gonna end up winning this event. I like Matthew Neesmith. I think for a top ten at twenty plus twenty two hundred, I think that's a good. I think that's a good number. Good number. He uh, what's that? I said it's a real good number, yeah. Yeah, and then top 20 plus 900 there. Uh, Kevin Chappell, who, I mean, what, four years ago before his back issues was playing extremely good golf. They have him at like 2,500, I think. Top 10, 2,200, 900 for a top 20. And then a guy like Michael Thompson, who kind of just flies under the radar a little bit. Top 20 at plus 550 isn't too bad. And then... They have J.B. Holmes, who obviously hasn't been playing well, but, you know, kind of comes in there. Top 20 at plus 1,400 if you just want to throw a little bit down just in case. I mean, at this range. It is, yeah, yeah. Somebody could come through and win from this range, but. Yeah, I, I mean, you could, to get double-digit odds on the top 20 is, is in, in a field that's so weak like this, I think that might be – you could maybe pick five of those guys in this range and you might hit a couple. Um, I was going to piggyback on that idea as well. Trey Molinax uh, a couple of years ago, he was a really up and comer guys. He got hit by a goddamn golf ball in a program, got a concussion and it sent him back like two years. And he just recently resurfaced from the corn Ferry finals. He finished, um, did he finish second in the tour championship there? Uh, he did. So he's he's got his card. He's really super long, uh, plus 1,100 for a top 20 uh, on Mullinex. Um, I just I really wanted to tell that story of him getting hit with a golf ball. Um, and uh, to circle back on my guy, Davis Riley, uh, plus 2,200 for a top 10. Um, not necessarily 
um, a given for, for, uh, for top 10, but top 20, um, he's right in that mix for double digits as well. I believe, um, plus 900. So, um, I'm with you guys. I think, I think you might find the most value in this field for guys that are are plus, uh, or 101 above, but for the top 10, top 20, top 30, 40 markets, um, because it's going to be a situation where John Rahm just shows up and he's on, he wins by four and it's never, it's never a tournament. Um, of course, he could get off to a slow start, and you know, midway through Friday, he's just like, "All right, I'm checking out. I got to get to the Ryder Cup. Who knows?" Um, so, um, this should be an interesting tournament week before the Ryder Cup. Um, we'll see how it plays out, uh, guys. Any final thoughts on this or anything else in the golf world? Uh, yes, sir. I would just like to say congratulations to Dave Belleville for winning the Senior City Tournament. Uh, he did that today over the last two days. Uh, I know he's been on your show before and uh, he's a great guy and worked hard at this and he deserves it. Yes. Uh, I can't think of a nicer guy. And and I I think in the golf scene in Fort Wayne, I think a lot of people know Dave, um, and it feels like a really, really popular win just from, uh, from kind of the feedback on social media tonight. So, yeah, I think all of us are really happy for Dave. So awesome job, Dave, and congrats, man. Uh, anything else from you, Johnny? No, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, great, great work by by Dave there winning that. But um, one more week here, and then we get uh, get the Ryder Cup. I know, you know everybody's been waiting an extra year uh, for this thing to happen, and I'm glad they did so we could get the crowds in here because I think if they would have ended up having it last year. Uh, it just wouldn't have been nearly as, as entertaining. So looking forward to, to this, uh, you know, getting the season started this week after just 12 days off, you know, grueling days off, and then uh, we'll get the Ryder Cup uh, next week. All right, guys, Zach, uh, Johnny, thanks for uh, being on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Your best bet, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out Wednesday. Uh, picks will be up from myself, Zach, and Johnny. Hopefully, we'll give you a winner before the Ryder Cup. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.